What's up, y'all? Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast but wasn't sure how to get your feet off the ground? Thanks to our Keep It Growing initiative, now is your chance. We are conducting a search to find the next podcast to produce under the Keep It 100 Productions team. And we're looking for applicants to send in their information to see if they'd be a fit for this show. This new show can truly be about whatever you want. It can have a total of up to three co-hosts to go along with it. Whoever we select, the show will be produced by the Keeper 100 family. You will receive a new microphone and headphones from our team. And you also have an audio editor that will be paid for by our company. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me. Hurry up and apply. Applications are due by March 11th. Go to ki100pod.com forward slash keep it growing. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. If you've been here before, I'm Dakota. And I'm Chorsey. And today, we are so, so lucky to bring you another special guest episode with our Big P producer. Insert air horns here. I need the rap air horns. (laughs) Zachy B, get on the mic. Spit it. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, Zach, uh, Zach Bailey, I have the illustrious opportunity to be the EP uh, with Keep 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. Um, I'm so honored to be talking to y'all today. So, so honored. Sir, we so greatly appreciate having you. A little <clears throat> background, if you will. Um, so we all actually went to school together. We did our undergrad together at Ohio State. Um some of us, Dakota, were you also theater? I feel like you were like a history person at one point. I can't remember. I minored in history. You minored in Okay. But you were actually theater. Okay. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So we were all theater majors together. Um, but we all have chosen very different routes of how we've utilized our undergrad careers, I would say. Um, yeah, because Zach's utilizing it. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it. We are. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's the difference. We're doing different routes because you and I are not on the road. <laughs> He's on the highways. Oh goodness, oh, yeah. I didn't. So I didn't so like time. write a bio about you, ZB. I guess I could pull it from their website. Y'all go look at the website. You'll find out who he is. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> ZB, tell the people a little bit about yourself um, and kind of like your interest in the theater world and what you're doing currently. A little bit about myself. Uh, so to, to piggyback off what you were saying, you know, we all went to school together. I got my uh, bachelor's in theater. I, what was my? I think my minor was leadership and women's gender and sexuality studies. I think is what it was. Um, as soon as I finished undergrad, I so I was stage managing uh, theatrical productions in undergrad, and I was doing that professionally. And when I was graduating, I didn't feel like I had enough experience. 
um, you know, Ohio State offers a great program, but it's just a really small program. And so with my aspirations to move to New York and, you know, go to the big city and do all of the things, the more I thought about it, I was like, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. And, you know, I remember honestly Googling um, best graduate programs for stage management in the States and uh, Yale, Yale School of Drama popped up. And I was like, you know what? I want to go there. I want to go to Yale. Um, so I, I applied, worked on application, you know, did the whole the whole nine yards, did three years of graduate school uh, at Yale, graduated into a pandemic, um, did a little <laughs> bit of film because theater was not happening, um, produced two short films during that time uh, and a couple other projects that were primarily online or virtual or streaming capacity. So, well, so actually I got a call, um, out of the blue, I was on set with, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, which was awesome, uh, for a Facebook event. Pause. Stop. Stop right now. Stop right now. How dare you? We never heard this. Torres and I had the same reaction. So, so you mean to tell me when we were seeing like the advertisements, little clips and trailers, like Bill and I was back and was doing stuff, you just conveniently didn't mention <laughs> that you were working on like the man of our childhood, of our classrooms. If you went to school in any like American public system, you, you just know. didn't mention that like at all. Like just like Whoa. I. And just another day at the office for old ZB. <laughs> like, what? Uh, basically, basically. Um, <laughs> I'm about to put this in a group chat right now. We're going to do like one of those guys. YouTube, like, YouTube, like, thumbnail for like clickbait, like, breaking news. <laughs> just like shocked faces. <laughs> oh. I, I definitely thought I, I've got some videos of, of some like bloopers and stuff from on set. I definitely thought I told you guys. So I will share those later because they're pretty fantastic. Um, oh, I'm sure they were. they were. They were pretty great. Um, so so I'm on set and I get this call out of the blue. Um, I'm so sorry. No, I get an email. I get an email. The call happened later, but I get an email that's like, hey, you know, this is who I am from the general manager. Um, I have received your resume from like several different people and I feel like I need to know who you are. Um, and so I responded immediately. We set up a Zoom call, you know, and uh, one thing led to the next. Ended up talking to the production stage manager uh, for the first national tour of Town. We hit it off. And then I think 10 minutes later after that phone call with that production stage manager, I got an offer to do the show. Um, so I have been touring with Town since... Rehearsals were in August of 2021. We started the tour in September, uh, and I've been on the road. I, I you know, sublet my apartment in the city. I've been on the road, actually putting my theater degree to use, which is exciting. <laughs> um, you know, but while on the road, I mean, I'm working with with you guys, um, doing the podcast. I'm working with another team. Uh, we finished a short film that's in post production, and we're trying to get. Um, uh, picked up for distribution, and we have something else in the works that we're working on, a larger, a larger um, feature that would not be a short. That's sorry, that, I feel like I've been talking forever, but that's <laughs> that's you know. I mean, it's an interview episode, so that's great. 
um, that's what I've what I've been up to, you know. That is so exciting. I'm, I'm still I'm still stuck on the yeah. I was going to say you're still, you're still on Bill Nye. <laughs> Deep breath. It's okay. Um, I, we have words it, later to have. Yeah, <laughs> we'll fight was, later. Don't it was pretty cool. I remember when he came in. You know, so so I was doing COVID. I'll do a tiniest tiniest aside. Um, I was a COVID compliance manager for. What was the event? It was for Earth Day. So Facebook was sponsoring this large Earth Day video. Um, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, protect the planet. And they wanted to get Bill Nye. And so I was in New York as the COVID compliance officer. And he comes in and I have this moment where I was like, oh my God, I get to ask this guy if he has COVID. <laughs> like, that, like that's my job. And a part of that is I get to go through all the symptoms with this guy. And so I'm like, have you been like vomiting or like, you know, are you nauseous? Or, and he's just looking at me in the face. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. And he like, his whole persona, it's so interesting because I think a lot of his persona is kind of what we see on TV. Like he's such a brand. And so he sort of had this almost superhero voice on. And he was like, no, I'm double vaxxed. <laughs> I, I can't be touched. I've had my shots. I had my ask. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. That's super exciting. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay. So, obviously, yeah, yes, we wanted this man <laughs> on the show because he's fucking brilliant. Um, there is no other person we could ever imagine being our EP um, in terms of help helping leading this show and our company to – bigger and and better things and some exciting announcements that we'll make at the end of this episode. Um, But also just, this is these two in particular, like these are my best friends right here. Like (laughs) I can't imagine doing this show with anyone else. Like these are two people who they work their asses off y'all. And they're also just funny as hell. (laughs) They are very comical people. (laughs) Um, And overall just decent, great, talented, beautiful human beings. So you don't find that a lot in life. So when you find people like these two, y'all, my, my advice for today, you got to keep them. You got to keep them. Do what you can to keep them. What I really love about one like Zach coming on to join, you know, this podcast, Fresh Season 2 and all the help he's given. And honestly, like we told you before, we should have had you on sooner. But now that I learned you withheld this like Bill Nye info from us, I am a lot less sorry. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> hey, man. But, um, that, like, you know, when Zach, like, first came to us, like, he was like, oh, you know, I'd love to help out on the show in like, any capacity I can. It first took me by surprise, but then I was like, no, this is totally, like, Zach's behavior, because I feel like, I'm not really going to speak for you, Chores, but I feel like this is similar, 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 mm-hmm. um, and that, um, how much you, like, helped us even through school? Like, I got into lab series because of what I saw Zach do. Mm. I was lab series shows. I was like, oh my God, I love this. And like, I love, you know, putting other people's art. So like, it was natural for me to like want to go towards artistic management and like literary management. And I learned directly from Zach and then ASM from watching YouTube be like stage managers. So it only makes sense that Mm. this show came together as us three. I mean, I got COVID compliance jobs literally because of Zach because he (laughs) gave my resume to people. Like this man is the ultimate like career manager every stage manager job i had yeah. in columbus was because of him like y'all he doesn't know but he's my kind. unpaid agent yeah. <laughs> y'all are too kind 
Y'all are too kind. I, no, I, I, I don't know if I've actually said this to you guys, but I've definitely, when speaking about you and sort of our, our friend group around dynamic, um, you know, one of the things that I say over and over is like, I will never recommend someone for anything unless I, you know, want to put my own name kind of on the line of my reputation. Um, and I have so much confidence in you two and, and your abilities to command a room, to, you know, do the work that needs to get done, to manage whomever, to yada, yada, yada. That when something pops up and I'm like, oh my God, they would be great for this. I don't even hesitate, you know? And, and I think just the most recent example, Dakota, when some stuff came up and you were like, hey, I want to work in film. And I said, you know, well, send me your resume. And I, something came up and I was like, this guy, he's the one you want. Like, I don't know, if you want someone else to do the job, they're going to be worse because this guy's the best at the job. <laughs> um, and I think similarly when I saw you two really digging into the, the podcast, um, I mean, A, and I, I've told you about this, but I loved listening to the first season. I just, I loved specifically on my commute. Oh my God, on my like 90 minute commute from... Uh, Harlem to Brooklyn for work I would put on the podcast and I got to connect with the two of you you know I selfishly got to to be with you in this intimate moment where you were checking with each other you were offering advice you were talking about the day you know in a way that I didn't get to hear you guys talk about the day because we've got distance and we've got jobs and whatnot and so that was a lot of my inspiration. I was like, I want, I want to work with you guys again. You know, like you were saying, we worked together in so many different facets. I was like, I want to do it again. Um, and this time in another capacity that's outside of school that has no attachment to, you know, academia, but that's like us doing the thing because we want to do the thing, you know? So I just, I don't know. I'm just, I get so excited to, to, to be here with today with you guys and to talk about you guys in general and like the podcast. And uh, I've just, I've told all the cast here, I've told a lot of the folks here, rather. Um, yeah, like, here's this podcast I'm working on. Like, downplay it. You know, like, if you want to listen to it, it's kind of <laughs> cool. You know, no big deal. Uh, look at oh. us. Making the art. Doing the thing. Well, especially because we, we genuinely, and we have said this so many episodes, but when Dakota and I started this, we had no idea what it was going to become <laughs> we just did it we it was it very much started as a survival mechanism um in the middle of a pandemic we were separated by states apart you know just like i i don't i don't know what to do i don't know anyone here i'm in indiana there's nothing to do here everyone's excited about corn for god's sake like what do i do <laughs> <laughs> you know like what do i do i heard there's a butter competition that's happening somewhere around here like what, what is wrong with these people hey don't, so, don't just have the butter competition what do you mean yo my have uncle went to, to state and butter? butter listen speak on it speak on it you know what i'm saying no i have not tried this why would i this sounds like a heart attack no <laughs> <laughs> goodness gracious um so yeah just looking back on like our first episode what was the struggles of dating to where we've gotten to now and even just some of the plans we have in the future it's like oh my goodness and then having one of your best friends reach out to you because they believe in what you're doing mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. means the world to us mm -hmm. like that because I remember when Dakota and I, once, like, we had our three-way call, and then Dakota and I had a separate call. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because it is it is such a 
it is such a moment I will never forget when you have someone that close to you who is like, hey, I want to support you. I believe in you. Like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it can seem small to others, but like this is kind of like I mean, this is really our first project that we've done together that has just been purely ours, right? It's not Mm -hmm. we are telling someone else's story or trying to create someone else's vision. This is our stories, our vision, our our project from the ground up, starting with literally having nothing. And it's Mm -hmm. building something that I can't imagine my life without now, you know? (laughs) So it it is just an amazing feeling. And it, it inspires me and pushes me to do even better when it comes to my craft and make sure I'm staying honest with myself and the things that I want to do with the show and this company and, and push myself to continue to work hard because now it's not just us, you know, now we have people who mm-hmm. really want to back us and I want to make y'all proud too. It's, yeah. it's an awesome feeling. And it's like super affirming. Cause like, even when your friends go and do stuff, like do little projects like this, it's very easy to kind of like, wait and see when their steam runs out but it's like all right how committed are they to this but then you saw that in us you know that we're doing live episodes trying to all the stuff to build a brand and you're like let me let me help support them was just really affirming of what we were doing and Mm -hmm. like everything chorsey just said you know like it helps like up the game it's like oh wow we have production meetings now like, we have to plan where this yes. is going. Like, this is, I thought we I was just chit-chatting with my buddy, and now I got to do work. Like, this is like, yo, this, like, you know, it's, people send us money. We have a Patreon that people actually put money into. Like, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, and, you know, we, we had our year episode last week, but it's, it's really crazy to think about how far we've come in only a year. Um this in personal and professional growth. But that's when I, I mean, I, I think that, and I'm not going to go into a whole tangent here, but I think that, you know, I measure success in different ways based off of the project mm-hmm. and the people and the product. And I think that for me, seeing you two do this podcast, I define you two as successful because you have listeners and you're getting paid literally to be yourself and to talk about yourself and your experiences. And people are interested in that. And I think that what you're then able to offer is, is, I mean, totally up to you. But I think it's, I think it's incredibly exciting that people just want to hear you, you know, your voice. You know, like what you were saying, Tracy, it's not anyone else's story that we're telling, it's your guys' stories. And I just think that's really freaking powerful. And thus the podcast is live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting too sappy. Let's get some more questions in here. Um, so the big question that I wanted to hit is just something I was interested about. Um, and cause we talked about it like with you, you know, on tour and, you know, going to school for it, but what really got you into stage management? Like when you first, what drew you to the arts and then while you were in the arts, what drew you to stage management? <laughs> Such a good question. I, I don't know if I told you guys this actually. So I got into the arts in Apparently, there's a lot you don't tell us. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Listen, I, I, I know y'all heard that I deep breath. And... <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm clearly this not over it. It's only was, been ten minutes. It's just the tell all is what this actually is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I can't explain this mindset in full, but just bear with me. So I got into the arts. I got into musical theater specifically in eighth grade. 
I remember a flyer going around when they came to our homeroom. And it was like, audition for the musical. It was Into the Woods. I didn't know what musicals were. I didn't know what Into the Woods was. I think I was like in choir class during, you know, 25 minutes of lunch. So I could like hum a note. And my brain was like, oh, I'm an eighth grader. I'm at the top of the food chain in middle school. You know what the cool kids probably do? They probably <laughs> audition for plays and like act on stage. Bro, that's the High School Musical and Glee effect. Like, yes. That's, that's what got me. <laughs> right? And like yeah. looking back, I know that there's no world in which, at least at my middle school specifically, I was considered the cool kid because I was on stage. But that's where my brain went. And so... <laughs> I auditioned, um, and I, I don't fully remember what the audition was. I think it was, you know, come after school and sing a few bars and, like, maybe a scene. And I got the lead um, in Into the Woods. So I was playing the baker in Into the Woods. And apparently this was a good a good show and a good performance. I don't remember the performance because I would, like, black out every time before I went on stage. And then I'd come off and I'd be like, oh, my God, I think something happened. Uh, the only video that somewhere was me doing uh basically a duet with my wife and i remember panicking on stage because i just had stage fright out of nowhere and this was a number where again just her and i are singing and instead of like harmonizing with her i start matching her pitch so she's you know like and instead of me being like i'm like so it's just like two high high voices just like singing. Yes. Because I panicked. You better outsing her. Yeah. <laughs> Eat her up. Eat her up. <laughs> Bitch, I can hit these nose better than you can. <laughs> so that's what I remember of my of getting into into musicals. Um uh, I, I, I loved it, though. I loved the thrill of, and I still love the thrill of performing and making people laugh and telling a story and, you know, really allowing audience members to exercise a muscle of empathy when they take in a story and they see something that maybe they can relate to or maybe they've seen in their own life or they've seen tangentially, um, et cetera, et cetera. But got in a, got in a theater, continued theater in high school. Um, and in high school, I started to dislike acting really for two reasons um one i had a hard time continuing to kind of manifest the stakes you know so when you're telling the story the same story rather eight shows a week i just got really bored like i, I remember i'd be in shows and i'd be on stage and i would just be like what could i like what else could i be doing right now and i would like so not be in the moment with you know <laughs> the people i'm acting with and i was like well that's not good um so i didn't like that and then I felt as an actor, I was constantly out of the know with regards to information, and I, I like wanted to know more about the technical elements of things and just how things were working. Um, and so I had a mentor in high school recommend that I try stage management. Um, and so stage management within theater, because I think a lot of folks were like, what is that? Uh, I, I describe stage managing as essentially the producer in the rehearsal room. And the, the producer is sort of the day-to-day of a project. You know, so we're working with the cast and the crew, um, running rehearsals, uh, making sure people are attending meetings, uh, making sure we're taking any and all notes or blocking notes or, you know, writing down cues that need to happen um, during a performance. Uh, and again, really the day-to-day, so not necessarily the, the macro level as much. Um, 
and we, we get to really be the sort of conductor of all the technical elements, you know, so we know when lights are supposed to, you know, if you're watching a performance and you see the lights change and you hear a sound effect and you see, you know, a, a turntable that's automated that's maybe spinning, the stage manager knows when all that's supposed to happen. And they're the one sort of the puppeteer behind the magic, making it all happen or helping instruct the crew as to when things are supposed to happen. Um, so I, I just fell in love with that. I fell in love of like being this conductor of magic, you know, and being behind the scenes and nobody knew what we were doing or how it worked. They just knew it was working well and that the engine was moving forward. Um, so I got into that in, in high school, continued to pursue it in college. And then I think I alluded earlier, I graduated with my bachelor's in theater, specifically uh, focused in stage management. And I didn't have a ton of professional work under my belt at the level that I aspired to work at. I had a lot of work under my belt um, at the level that I was able to access at the time. But I know that what I wanted to get to was something that was just scary to me, basically. You know, I wanted to work on Broadway. I wanted to work at that level where, you know, the budgets are 15, 20 million dollars for a show. Um, so uh, I ended up going to grad school, like I said, you know, three years there uh, as a stage manager. And now I'm <laughs> now I'm on the road. It all comes back to just being on the road. Uh, but that's that's how I got into the arts and how I got into stage management. And I think one of the things I, I love a lot about stage management, but I think one of the things I love most is that the skills that I've learned throughout my entire tenure of undergrad and grad, you know, they're so transferable. Um, you know, like I said, I early pandemic, I started producing films. So I produced two short films, a lot of the same skills, just different language that I would do for that. Um, and just a lot of people management, you know, I think I, I really got a degree in, in people management and, and customer service is, is what it was, um, with some <laughs> theatrical language. <laughs> I'm asking this question because I know what school you went to, but I'm not going to dox you for all the here. Uh, but did you work on how to succeed? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. I saw, I saw in, in high school. Yes. No, I saw the performance, uh, but I did not uh, work on it. Okay. Did you see that show? I was curious about if I did. Um, because of all ohio and oh. yeah so he was lake was in that show uh -huh. and also one of our close friends was also in the show who had i didn't we her and i realized that we had met each other years prior than when we thought we met each other because of it um <laughs> because i came up to her after the show and told her how great of a job she did because mm. i thoroughly enjoyed her performance and then years later, we were talking about it standing outside of the lab series. No. <laughs> and it clicked who she was. <laughs> yes. Trusty, <laughs> I think you have a history of not remembering when you meet someone. Because you and I, yep. I've introduced you to someone. That's also on me, though. I've introduced Chorus to someone three times. You did not. Chorus and I didn't know that it happened the first time. This is two blasphemy. Times. I don't also don't know bullshit. if it happened, but we were told that the third time that we had introduced to, them. To be fair, ZB, do you remember when we met? I, I, I love every time this comes up because, Torsi, it's about three times a year that you and I sit down with each other and we're like, wait, when did we meet? And we will like backdate our friendship. 
And there was one time, I think it was like the fifth time, we, you and I sat down and we were both like, no, 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 we're going to sit here until we figure out when we met. And we narrowed it down. And for life me, I can't remember now. We're not about to backdate it. But we narrowed it down to like a six month window. <laughs> Where we were like, I didn't know you then, and we were like best friends then. So somewhere, but we had this my conversation. My so gut many reaction, because <laughs> my gut reaction is enemy of the people. I shadowed you. This was before I became a stage manager mm-hmm. in the department. Mm-hmm. And so our production manager, Cherie, um, had me shadow you mm-hmm. for two performances, I think. That sounds right. Maybe it was only supposed to be one, but I feel like I did, yeah. too. Um, just to see what it was like in terms of calling the show. I wasn't there for any rehearsals, but I was there for two of the performances that you call. Um, and what I remember and what I remember reporting back to Cherie in terms of uh, what it meant to be a stage manager and some of the differences I saw was just how genuine and kind you were mm-hmm. because a lot of what I had been taught previously when it came to management in particular was the loudest voice in the room was the one that was most commanding and that's the one that people listen to uh, typically anger produces the results that you need um, and that is not at all how you manage um so, like, her and I sat down and talked a little bit about, like, emotional intelligence and how that leads into stage management um, and how that works in terms of being able, and especially with how you operate, you know, it was a simple thing of, um, can you do me a favor? And, you know, I was always asking in the nicest way of something that needed to get done and phrasing it in a way to where you didn't necessarily have to explain yourself to everyone, but sometimes you would just say that, you just really need this, this assistance right now. Could you do this for me, please? And cast and crew always responded so kindly because you had two assistant stage managers on this production. Um, and then I think this was a cast that was, I think this was grad and undergrad. Is that right? This, yeah, this would have been graduate and undergrad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just seeing how you were able to kind of command that space and without it ever feeling as though like this is my show like it was never authoritative of like you're going to do this because i told you to it was always just let's us as a team as a cast as an ensemble take ownership of this production um i will give you the the tools that i have i ask you to do the same for me let's make this work and i carried that into my own product like professional stage management when I started my assignment the next semester with a Midsummer Night's Dream and then eventually into the 26 jobs I got in Columbus. <laughs> um, and it worked. Because yeah. um, the first show, I think I worked with you directly, I feel like would have been Evolution, the Playwrights Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. All of the one of my biggest regrets, I never got to work with you directly for a main stage show at Ohio State. I mm-hmm. always ended up missing you. Mm. And it I was upset about that. <laughs> um Well I think um 
No, just just to like, I don't. I want to encourage you to be less upset because I know a lot of that was directed by the production manager, who would kind of put people on assignments, and I know that they would often put me on assignments with folks who had less experience, so that I could work with them, and, and kind of teaching them the ropes in hopes of like you know generating more stage managers. And so I think had we been on a show together, sh- they would have had fewer stage managers, if you know what I mean. So I think it's it's like a compliment yeah. that we never worked together because you were too good. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> it was interesting taking a stage management class while I was stage managing Box Show. It's like the one day I had to reach out to her and be like, hey, um, I have a flat tire and we just finished the show, so I'm going to be a little late. <laughs> she texted me back and was like, you are stage managing a show right now. I, I, it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. And I'm like, okay, I, I just needed to let you know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, because we, we did. Well, I lived in the Van Fleet for like three months. I know. Because you and I worked together on multiple shows. Yeah. Once we started working <laughs> together, it was like constantly, which I, which I loved. And I think it was mostly stuff at yeah. Evolution. I don't think we ever worked together at Children's Theater. Yeah, I think it was because you got me box show at CCT. Then the next show I did was Scrooge, which is how I got Dakota on. There it is. Um, It's all coming around. (laughs) And then the last one was Annie. I don't even who was my assistant. You did Annie for Annie. I don't even remember. Oh, I remember you talking. Yeah, I did Annie at the Lincoln. Right, 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 right. Yeah, this is around the time I was. uh, This was the second round of Joey. (laughs) Show, bro. <laughs> so <low. laughs> Five times. Because um, we... Well, and I was also training under you to be the production manager when you were going to Yale. Ugh, yeah, I felt so bad about that. <laughs> eh, it happens. I... I understand why you felt that way. There was nothing you could do. No. You know, it wasn't... That was not you directly causing that situation to happen oh, and gosh, no. I don't hold any ill feelings anymore about it so <laughs> anymore <laughs> anyway, I mean look, I you remember my initial response when it happened oh, so like yeah. no I was not oh, happy yes. about that oh. <laughs> but you know companies gotta do what they gotta do I, I get it I get it so yeah we've, we've gone through some shit though You've gone through some stuff, and now look at you. <laughs> All grown up, on tour. You're in... Wait, can we say where you're at right now? <laughs> Are you okay with us saying what, what state you're, you're in right now? You're not allowed to disclose. Yeah, no, totally. He'll totally. probably be gone by the time this is up. I don't know. What's the calendar say? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I actually... Uh, before we go to where you are, Zach, I have a confession from Heather's. Oh, I told Troy. Oh this. no! Yeah, there's the music. Um, oh, I so the context. So this is this is me talking about like Troy. just talked about like when he was working with Zach. Um, so my experience working with Zach was, I kind of like, like I said earlier, oh, I followed okay. your like footsteps going into lab <laughs> series. Um, yeah. It first started was like when you and Constance would both be busy, and they would ask me to be like the um, hmm. the performance. Um, like just kind of greeter and production manager and like facilitating talkbacks and stuff. And I naturally got the job that way. Um, but in the spring, 
is when I got the job and I was like learning from you lab series, but I was also spotlight op on Heather's. <laughs> and there was I'm one totally show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one show because I was spotlight one. So I was on most of like the uh, leads. So I was like on Veronica all the time. And then some other, uh, like if a spotlight was on, it was either me or they were both on. Um, and I remember once, I'll be honest, I was 100% watching the show. <laughs> and I know I was because I think I just was totally zoned out of the calls coming through the headset because I'm just sitting there, leaned forward on the little catwalk, all harnessed in. And then all of a sudden, my spotlight turns on. It's not near anybody. <laughs> like, I think, I can't remember what scene it was. I want to say it's when they're like the 7-Eleven or whatever. So the corn nuts mm-hmm. are like downstage right. <laughs> yeah. My spot was like, complete other side of the stage there was nothing to do i just like whipped it right over and um you in your very diplomatic way of speaking like uh oh uh what what happened there and me full of shit was just like oh I, it got stuck i think I, like over tightened it um and then you're like oh okay just uh let's take a look at that afterwards and my head I was like I don't damn well we ain't taking a look at this. I gotta be on my shit. Because I was full lean forward just watching this show as if I hadn't seen it like five other times. I don't know why this show is really, really feeling it. Oh my god. So that's that's my big it's, confession. That's uh what, I think four years in the making. Now you can breathe I easy. I know, I feel relaxed. Oh, it's like oh going to going that. to confession. I love that. That's it's funny because that's still one of my go-tos. Like if something, if something happens on a show, right? Like if a spot comes up and it's wrong, or like if there's supposed to be fog in a scene and the fog's not there, you know, I'll often say like, "Oh, let's just take a look at that after." Because what that does is that tells the person like, "Oh shit, now I have to have an answer for why this happened." <laughs> and then usually they can figure out by themselves what happened, and I'll struggle back an hour later, be like, "So what was it?" And they're like, "Oh, this thing happened." I'm like, "Cool, let's never do that again." So I just like encourage like, them. I to was solve not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I oh wow, I forgot that you were sponsoring that show until you just mentioned it. Oh yeah, maybe it's the other guy then. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was funny. We uh, who was it the other day? One of the shows for Hades Town. I don't remember what scene it was, but the lights came up and one of the local spot ops was like, similarly, not at all where they were supposed to be. Like, I think their character was like up on a platform up center and the spotlight comes up and their spot's like downstage left, like in the bomb, basically. And you just see this light go like, <laughs> and like shoot across the whole stage. Up to them. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> somebody's not here. And I, I know exactly what I was feeling. It was, it was just like, oh shit, like heart drops. Like, I don't think I've ever moved that fast in a show either. It was like as soon as like the lights were going, I was like, bing. I was like, I'm moving as fast as I can. But there was definitely a solid second where it was like, music hits, light is on, pause, <laughs> then it moves. I love it so much. Oh. God, Heather's was a good Holy shit. All right, we are going to take a quick break. And welcome back. Hope you all had fun with that. Hope you learned something. <laughs> Hope you lived a little. Hope you had good rest. We didn't tell you how breaks work around here. <laughs> hey, bro, you took plenty of breaks before this even started. 
came out with his professional voice said, we are going to take a quick break. (laughs) 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 So we just reflected on theater experience. Um, I don't, you all know that. Like, I don't know who starts a show at like the 35 minute mark, but um, as we are moving forward, um, ZB, tell me where are some of your goals now? Like you seem to be in a great spot. Uh, we learned a lot about like how you kind of got to where you are um, artistically and professionally, but where do you really want to go? Is production more in your future? Do you want to get to like PSM level? Uh, what's your what's your vision? That's such a good question. And honestly, it changes like once a month. I, I do still have, like I have some concrete goals that I'll mention, but a lot of my goals change. I think partly because of the pandemic, I'll be honest. Um, you know, early pandemic when theater was just completely gone, I had to set new goals for myself, right? Like I was graduating with my master's in this degree that was not going to put me in the field that I had been striving to get to for like half a decade, if not a decade. And so I, I'm constantly kind of reevaluating my goals. Um, but I absolutely want to work on Broadway still. Um, you know, when I had moved to New York, I, I had the, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tail, you know, every time I'd go down um, to Times Square, and it was really eye-opening. We did rehearsals in Times Square, uh, or rather we did rehearsals at New 42nd Studios, which is like right off of 42nd, sort of in the, mm-hmm. in the Times Square area. And it was a moment of like, oh, this is a version of I've made it in my head. You know, I had mentioned earlier that I'm constantly kind of defining and redefining success and what it means to be successful and for me rehearsing uh, this tour in Midtown was a definition of like ah check like that is success for me in one capacity which was really cool but I still want to perform uh, or rather work on a Broadway show on Broadway Um, part of me really wants to do a cruise ship Um, I think I would learn a lot from working on a cruise ship like doing a show it could be anything, right? Peter Pan, Cats, God, I would never work on Cats, but Cats, Annie, you know, Heathers, anything <laughs> on a cruise ship. He said, not Cats. <laughs> not Cats. He's like, but y'all get the vibe. I got an offer. <laughs> um, those, are, those are two specific goals. And as of, you know, I, I want to say recently, but I think recently is maybe a year ago now, um, I really want to be one of the lead producers on a feature film is one of my new goals. And so I'm working with a company, uh, Radical Rhinoceros Pictures, they're a Brooklyn-based company out of New York. And uh, we did a short film called Crane. Brooklyn, where else? Uh, there's a lot of Brooklyns, okay? Jeez, <laughs> come for my neck, why don't you? <laughs> don't ask where they are, but I feel like there's more Brooklyns. <laughs> there's only people, that's it. It's Brooklyn the city and then people named Brooklyn. Who do you know named Brooklyn? Actually, I know some Brooklyn's. I think I got like a little cousin. I don't know. <laughs> you got <laughs> your cousin's going to listen to this. Those are, but those are like three large goals that I have right now. Right, working on Broadway, working on cruise ships, and then producing a film. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm also, you know, I'm also kind of constantly reevaluating what it means to be in the in the entertainment industry and specifically, you know, in the arts um, and, and where that might take me or whether, you know, I'm artistically fulfilled with where I am in life, which, which is something that I'm constantly evaluating. Um, 
And I don't, I don't really have more to say for that, but I just constantly evaluate. <laughs> Um, I'm curious, I'm curious for y'all kind of same question, you know, and I know that, you know, we're all doing different things in different capacities and Cody, you've got some things within the film industry right now and Tracy, you're about to start basically running the, the bank, um, that you work at, uh, with all the overtime on the weekends, but I'm curious for y'all, whether it's like where you are now or where you see yourselves, what are like one or two just like still goals that you're like, I'm still going to do this. Like, what's that thing that you're still going to do? Um, damn. Well, I definitely start. I think I do want to get back into the theater world in some capacity. Um, so I'm gonna be honest. When like the pandemic hit, uh, and we we're all very hopeful. It's like, oh, it's just two weeks. We're back, and then two weeks turn into a month, two months, three months, six months. Um, and that summer was like hit really hard, like personally, professionally, like feeling like stuck. Then that fall happened. It was even worse. Um, so there was a time, like, I almost, like, lost my love for it, at least, like, hope that I would ever be in the industry. Like, I felt very stuck with what I was doing. Uh, not that I didn't like teaching. I do really like teaching. It's something I think I might do later in life um, because to this day I still, like, miss and love my kids um, and get texts from them sometimes. But it's just not what I want to do right now because I want to focus on, like, my career, like, you know, in the arts and entertainment. Um but I definitely really felt stuck um, with a lot. Isolation, obviously. I mean, I don't got to tell you guys that. We all lived through it. It's a weird time we get to tell the future generations. But I I definitely lost a passion for it. So I've been, like, trying to get that back since, I don't know, since I lost it. It's it's coming. But, like, you know, little projects of writing. Thank God I got on that movie because I helped a lot. Um, watching shitty movies actually really helps because then i can be like oh if that got produced (laughs) yo doors wide open um (laughs) go watch love heart on netflix uh um (laughs) just kidding but um no that yeah that movie was predictable but um so i say my biggest goals are one get back in the theater world in some capacity and like whether that's you know, just working on a gig, getting something written, like a short play festival or something. Um, I would love to do that. I think one of my long-term visions, if I go in the theater route, um, like in a perfect world, I'd be like artistic director of something, you know, creating the seasons, being able to oversee shows. That'd be like, that'd be so, so, so cool. Um, but I would love to do that as a guest because I don't think I would want the responsibility of year round for years and years and years. Mm. Um, so I have no idea what that means. But um, writing, finishing a feature script, whether like it's produced or not, but writing something of that length, because um, I've come back to so many ideas, rewrites, get 50, 60 pages, realizing, oh, I hate this. I don't like the way this plot goes. Right, the exact same story, just with different characters and different, you know, vibes, I guess. Repeat, trying to find out what world this story lives in. Um, so people get past that point. Um, but realizing with each rewrite that, you know, I'm taking scenes that are matching up with each other and realizing I just got to keep cracking at it. So I figure out what this world is and who these people are. Um, so being able to finish that would be great. Um, but it's definitely, 
it's like I can feel it. It's like right there, which is really nice because that's something I haven't felt in a while. Um, and yeah, I think I do want to go into production management as well, whether that's on a film or um, in theater, because I did really love the Battle Lab series, like not only doing my own shows, but helping people put on shows and like mm. giving people those, opportun- those opportunities and connecting them. And because it's really cool when you can see somebody get really involved in their art and they don't have to worry about the background stuff, like, yeah. you know, housing management, you know, and getting actors like just focus on directing it focus on writing it i'll take care of all the behind the scenes stuff you do your art so that's really like the long-term stuff so it's just getting those small things that teach me the skills i need to get to the next biggest role that's not where i am damn okay i'll I'll refrain from any comments some of the honest before choicey yeah (laughs) um I don't see a return to theater anytime soon. Mm. Um, I've been thinking about the, about it quite a lot. And, and maybe it's burnout because of well, how long I was working in theater and then how extensive I was and how hard I was working in theater, it felt like some summers. Um, and it, it's not to say that I think there's anything bad about doing theater there are just other interests that i have not explored nearly as much as theater that i really want to explore Mm. um so like the first thing that came to mind when you asked the question for me um i want to have one day one day and i know we've talked about this a lot with various different iterations (laughs) of how i want to do this but i want one day to just be a pop star Right. I just want to have like a big, huge, (laughs) and I am so serious. Like I, and I, I have a tentative plan in my head to make that a possibility in about five years. Um, But for good reason and for a good cause in particular. Um, But I think it'd be awesome just to be able to experience that. I don't want to go on tour. I don't want to live. I don't want that to be my life. I just want to like dip my toe and like you know taste the rainbow and then get the fuck out. That that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I want to try. I want to see what it's like to try to build a fucking concert Coachella type of event. I, I'm very, I've been very interested in seeing what's what it takes to do a live event and a live concert like that. Um, from a technical standpoint to the performances and. Uh, orchestrating of all of the people that make something like that happen. Mm. I want to work on something like that. That seems so exciting to me. Um, And then producing, I don't know what yet. (laughs) Uh, Just because it, it is an area of art that I am not really familiar with. So I'm trying to learn and study more about what it takes to be a producer um, and what that entails. And, especially as I've begun to do my studies, uh, producing of a movie is very different to producing of a TV show. It's very different to producing a podcast, right? So, like, it's a similar title, but, like, the expectations of all those are very different. Um, But like Dakota said, being able to offer those opportunities to people uh, and help them kind of streamline and create their vision um, is super exciting. And then a major one is 
eventually I'm, I am going to EP and host my own game show. That is like, it will happen. Mm-hmm. It's not a if it's going to happen. That is a it will happen. Um, and I'm super excited about it. Now, this can be a reboot of something I loved when I was a child. Or it can be one of my own, like, I've been writing different show concepts. I uh, started that about a year ago, which has been super, super therapeutic. Because I never thought of myself to be a writer, per se. But just to, I don't know, sit down with a blank canvas and just create it's not that used to always be scary you know it's all why i used to say as a kid i would never be a songwriter the idea of having nothing and trying to create was like uh -uh, that ain't gonna happen um but i've been enjoying it i've been enjoying just being in my head and being able to kind of just let the juice flow and see what comes of it Mm. um and the reason why i say i want to EP the show is because that way I can make myself the host because no one can say I can't host it because I'm the EP. <laughs> Isn't that what a homie that got kicked off of Jeopardy? He was going to host it and then stuff came up. What was his name? Uh, Ken the, Jennings? No, not Ken Jennings. It was like is Mark something, wasn't it? It was it was the guy who's like keyed. Oh, you're talking about the actual EP of Jeopardy? Yeah, who, or he was he was going to host. And then everyone's like, oh brew, we hate you. Yeah. And then he had some like bad yeah. old interviews came out. That's essentially what mm-hmm. he did. And that's why everyone got upset. Um, mm-hmm. Because there was clearly people better than him. Um, hey. Well, yeah, there's a difference. I'm not going to pretend to do a whole like six month search into finding a new host that didn't just select myself. Mm, like I that was me. the issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just going to be up front and be like, no, there is no search. I am the search. I am the host. This is all you will ever need for this show. The show was built around me. Don't audition. What do you mean? The show opens with a musical number every day. Like, this is my show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> don't audition. Don't self-tape. Don't come here. It, it no. will be thrown away. Go away. <laughs> um. So yes, I would say those are my my big three things, and then I'm really I'm trying to explore more in terms of uh, working with different charities and how I can utilize my skill set to be able to give back to the communities. Um, community service has just I don't know I, I guess something has changed where it has just become a lot more important in my life. I'm not really sure what triggered it to be honest. Um, but I, I feel very lucky to be in the positions uh, and the opportunities that I've been given throughout my life. So I want to be able to give back and create opportunities so that others can experience just some of what I've been able to. Um, so that's why for me, like creating the Gamers Give initiative was so very important. Um, you know, and, and being able to do the charity stream with the Mario Party tournament and looking into the next event that I'm planning on doing. It's exciting because it is so scary to me because I, the next plan that I have is ridiculously big, about as big as my ego. It's probably not as big as my ego, but it's pretty big. And I would much rather fail trying for a good cause than like Mm. fail just trying to make money for myself. Like I have no problems putting myself out there and trying to get this done because at the end of the day, I get to go home with the satisfaction of, you know, win, lose, or draw. I am doing this to give back to the community. And it makes me work harder. And, 
y'all i can't wait to tell you about what i have planned next (laughs) it's ridiculous and i need about uh, 300 volunteers to make this work so (laughs) i'm not stressed it's fine that's gonna be great it's fine all right, that is all we have time for today, actually. So we're going to have to suspend the rest of this episode to be continued next week. Gotta, gotta leave you wanting a little bit more from Zachy B. Um, you know where to find us. You found this episode. So make sure to check all of our links. Look for the upcoming, you know, little advertisements coming out this week to promote next week's episode. Uh, Chorcy, anything? Yeah, I mean, as always, keep in tune to our social media, Twitter and Instagram at keep 100 underscore pod. Uh, visit our website, ki100pod.com, and uh, give us your money on patreon.com forward slash keep it 100 pod? Question mark? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> Go to our website. Everything's there. Yeah. Y'all look it up. Honestly, We're tired. Like, yeah. KI100pod.com slash Patreon will take you whatever the proper link is. That's pretty <laughs> Yeah. Y'all found us now to listen. You'll find us again. But we love you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Keep it nasty. Keep 100. Cue music. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. We want to welcome to the Keep It 100 family our amazing executive producer, Zachary J. Bailey, and our talented audio editor, Evdoxia Ragu. We would also like to thank our dear, dear friend, Isri Wajay Sundara, for all of her support on our show. Remember to keep it nasty and keep it 100. <laughs>